G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Ah, uh, Yes, indeed. A very good evening. Hope you've had as great a day as you possibly can. However you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in, welcome to the Macca's Run. Grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Great to have you on board. However you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, you can always call us on 1300-736-736 on the Harcourt's open line. Your move, your Harcourt's for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourt. The Macca's Run all about bringing you up to speed on the biggest discussion points and news items of the day. Uh, and you can text in to have your say on the news of the day. 0433981116, the temper text, temper, a mattress like no other. I reckon I'm still giddy. I think I'm still on a bit of a high. I'm still just floating on air um, after being lucky enough to be at the Australian Football Hall of Fame last night. Uh, it was a it was an honour to be there. It was a privilege and a treat. Um, if you are a footy fanatic, footy nerd, however you want to... Uh, however you want to phrase it and wrap it up, I, I, I just find it to be one of the most special nights of the year. And I, I find it good for the soul, the Hall of Fame, because from Monday to Friday, from whether it be Thursday night footy to whenever it cycles around again, but day in, day out during the footy season, we speak about a lot when it comes to the game. The game itself and the players within it, the coaches, the clubs and all that kind of stuff, but there are new stories that come up throughout the course of the year that aren't as fun to have to work our way through. Um, They're not maybe as positive as we would like those to be, but there is nothing but positivity and there is nothing but there is nothing but joy to be taken out of the Hall of Fame night, I think. It can often be emotional uh, when you're hearing the stories of the, of the people that are being inducted, but it is good for the soul, I reckon. You walk out with a full heart. You, 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 you love the game completely again because of the stories you get to hear, the things that you learn that you would have no idea about some of these people because they weren't in your generation. So to know the history of the game and, and the people that have played a pivotal role in it to get to this point gives you, I think, a deeper appreciation and love for the game. So I, I love what the Hall of Fame does for us because it, it takes us to everything that is great about the game and, and the people and their stories that have paved the way uh, for us to be where we are. So I'd love you to just share if you've got any. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 What did you learn last night? What stood out to you last night that you didn't know and you've been thinking about all day? Um, I, I, just to run through them, if you weren't sure who got nominated last night, Matty Pavlich was the first. And to hear of his childhood and his his family's rich and deep connections in Sandville footy. His dad was a coach at West Torrens and he was there for the merge for Woodville West Torrens and, you know, not being drafted to an Adelaide side. They missed him in 98 um, and then nobody took him and he was drafted in 99 and now becomes the first player to play a full season at Fremantle. We spoke about this last night, um, for a full career at Fremantle to be uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, Terry Cashin, who I didn't know anything about, but was the rover in Tassie's team of the century and, and considered at the time 
one of the best, if not the best, rover rovers in Australia in the early to mid forties. And then, oh, Bill Dempsey. I mean, didn't he just have the crowd in the palm of his hand? Um, he was he, he was the best speech and interview of the night, um, recounting his life through footy, the story of his Simpson Medal, his with his relationship with his mum, um, what footy meant to him and did for him, and it was just beautiful to hear Bill Dempsey speak. And, and we, I'm going to bring some of the audio uh, a little later on in the show. Um, Mike Fitzpatrick was really interesting too, the two-time, uh, three-time Carlton Premiership player, two-time Premiership captain, but him juggling footy life and life as a Rhodes Scholar and, and how, you know, stepping away from footy on several occasions, then coming back and having the career he did. And he actually spoke about feeling like that the footy media was so negative and, and didn't miss, you know, gave a little clip on the way through. Um I didn't know about Ted Tyson, who was the first person to kick a 1,000 goals in the waffle uh, coming from Kalgoorlie. Boomer Harvey, who I loved hearing from, you know, being called a jockey on day one, passing Dennis's Pagans, passing Dennis Pagan's test about you don't have to come to the first training if you don't want to. And hearing him talk about who he thinks about and who he thought about every time he ran out. He was playing for his family and his com- community and from where he grew up. And uh, so I loved hearing from Boomer Harvey as well and had an even greater appreciation for who he was as a player and a person after that and that 1999 EJ Witten medal. Michael Taylor. I didn't know about Michael Taylor. And for those in the sandful who will scoff at that, and I apologise for it, but he's the man who Norwood named their best and fairest medal after. And him telling the story about being asked to play for Port Adelaide at the age of 13. <laughs> His mum put a stop to that. He would have had Timmy Watson covered. Um and then how he ended up at Norwood and then to get to Collingwood and, and then to be an assistant coach and a twos coach under Lee Matthews and then an assistant coach under Graham Corns in uh, the first days of the Adelaide Crows. And, and just how he spoke, his love for the game, his deep, deep love for the game and his message to fans about hope and, you know, don't, 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 don't give up on your team if they're down. The, the, the boys are trying, the girls are trying, the players are trying. Um, they'll always try for you. Just stick with them. I, I thought he had great messages. And even, you know, having to walk past when he got the Norwood Don Bradman's house um, every day, I thought he was just, yeah, I, I learned a heap from Michael Taylor. Nicky Winmar, how popular a choice was that? And to hear his stories about coming to Victoria in secret, his parents didn't know where he was, but his childhood in Pingley, you know, using tree stumps to take hangers on, ripping out seats from cars to use as launching pads to take those hangers, tackling sheep to learn how to tackle when he'd do a full day of shearing and then his dad dropping him off halfway home to run the rest of the way to get him as fit as he needed to be. And then to hear him, you know, give Sheeds a little clip on the drive on the way past, not for, for not recruiting him when he had the chance. It could have made him more famous and won him 10 flags. And how round 14, 1993 sits with him today. And this to hear the reverence in which he holds the game. And I love the line that he had to say, what would footy be without legends? What would footy be without legends? That, that line has been sitting in my head for the last 24 hours. And, and speaking of legends, Russell Ebert becomes the 32nd legend inducted into the Hall of Fame. And to hear his exploits told through the eyes of his great mate, Brian Cunningham, and then his son, Brett Ebert, who was on with Jerry Waitley today, SEN.com.au. Terry Wallace put something on Facebook today saying, that Russell Ebert was the best player he played against and the toughest opponent that he ever played against. So I'd reckon the Hall of Fame night is a is just a way of making sure that the stories of our footy past live on. That's what history is, isn't it? The stories. 
and to hear the ones that you'd never heard and to hear some again told in just a little bit more detail and find out a little bit of more of a nugget to it that you didn't know the first time you heard it. Oh, I just thought it was so fulfilling. It was such a beautiful night. And the people that make up the history of our game, it was good for the footy soul. It was everything that was good about footy. So if you had a story that you wanted to share from it, one 736 736 uh, or 0433 98 Um Yes, Sam, stick to what you know only, AFL. And cricket, that's from Milan. I have no idea what that means, Milan, but thank you for your text and I hope you're having a good day and that everything's okay in your world. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Plenty to get through today. Um, Nathan Buckley, Jason Horn francis has been in the news um, a lot this week. From Well, has been for a while now. Um, and I was fascinated listening to Nathan Buckley speak so passionately about Jason Horn francis today. If you missed it, it's from uh, SEN Breakfast. Here's a, a bit of it. Gaz, do you think that he'll want to leave North? I reckon he's thinking about it. Yeah. Just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm I just, know. But yeah. even that's so I think he's thinking about it. So, and, and through our bias, we, we are already – he is already being judged by the masses, by the football community, for something that hasn't happened yet. He's already been judged about, oh, why don't you stick with – why don't you just stick with North, mate? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Nothing's happened, but our bias has us judging this kid's character, and he is a kid. He he might be he might be a, a, like a, a, ment- a mentality of a thirteen or fourteen year old there somewhere emotionally or mentally. We don't know, mm. but we I see him struggling physically, and I don't feel comfortable with the way the game is not supporting this kid, and the game being not just yeah. the game being the industry. Loved. Hearing Nathan Buckley today speak with the amount of passion that he did, he, he spoke about Jason Horn Francis becoming the main story at the footy club, and that if he was uh, his mother or father, would he want his situa- would he want his son to be in that situation? The answer um, was no. Um, he said, "I've never seen anyone under so much duress in the history of the game." So um, he talked about the fact that Jason Horn Francis was being compared to him. Uh, as well. So it's really worth listening to that full chat, sen.com.au, to hear Nathan Buckley speak um, with a lot of empathy and care and passion um, for what's happening at the moment for Jason Horn Francis, sen.com.au. Buck spoke about that when he was a footballer, he was uh, his bent was about being the best footballer he could be. He had great support in Brisbane, but spoke about that he had great mentorship all throughout his entire career. He spoke about his own entitlement then, but felt like he had res- he respected his elders. Sen.com.au uh, to hear the full chat. Uh, Boomer Harvey was speaking to Dwayne today, and he was asked, um, given that he um, is on the coaching staff at North Melbourne, about Jason Horn Francis. I can tell you one thing about Jason, and he played with his with his heart on his sleeve. Uh, he's, he's a competitor, and you've only got to watch what he can do around the ball. So when things aren't working for him, he gets a little bit upset. So it's just it's just a little bit of a challenge for Jason and a little bit of a challenge for us just to taper that frustration and make sure that he, um, you know, he, he, his football is going forward as well, which, which it certainly is. I can tell you that he does a lot of work uh, in the background for that aspect of his game, but he works super hard as well. And just, just watch the way he goes at the football and at the man with the football as well. So um, we know we've all got work to do, not just Jason, but we've all got work to do. And um, that's that's the challenge of being part of the North Melbourne Football Club right now. There's a lot of challenges. and it's 
Boomer Harvey with Dwayne Russell earlier today, SEN.com.au to hear the full chat. Um, I thought back today about what I was like when I was 18, and I was incredibly temperamental. Some would say that maybe I still am. And you do wear – and I did I – I wore my heart on my sleeve in every facet of, of my life as well. And, and you do sometimes look back and say, well, geez, did I – was I just a bit impulsive in the way? Was I just – did I just get let my frustrations get the better of me? I still have that battle to this very day. And this is a young man at 18 years of age. And, and a lot of times you might be, you know, have the sulks isn't the right word because I don't want to be um, dismissive and patronizing to him, but you might just be a little bit stroppy for a couple of weeks. And then you might have a chat to someone and things might become a bit clearer to you. Things might take a little longer to process for you. Um, and, And then it comes good and then you're okay. And then you can sort of see the forest for the trees a bit, but you know, it is at an age, isn't it? Where, I mean, I always say just because someone gets onto an AFL list, it doesn't mean that automatically a light bulb goes off and they've got all the answers for life and how they should handle everything that comes their way from an emotional point of view. You are still you. You're still going through the same uh, battles, whether it be internally or or emotionally, um, and getting yourself accustomed to the environment that you're in. And who doesn't maybe not respond in the, the, the perfect way? Uh, all the time when they're that age. And this is not making excuse for maybe being disrespectful to your elders, uh, elders um, like a, a, a Goldstein. But, you know, when we were playing under-18s as kids and we'd sit behind the goals after and watch the seniors play, if we were carrying on uh, a bit too much, Mick Devlin and Phil Hetherington would walk over and tell us to pull our heads in and uh, that we were embarrassing the club. And, and you would take that on board and say, OK, well, maybe we'll, yeah, maybe we just need to, pull our heads in a little bit. We didn't mean anything by it. We weren't trying to be disrespectful. We just maybe got lost in the moment. Uh, one 736 736 Dave's calling in Richmond. Uh, g'day, Dave. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? Good, mate. Good. I was in Tassie on the weekend. I know you think I hate the place, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I actually went for a ride past the Derwent, um, where they propose in this stadium. And, wow, they would have to go out, if you look at the plans about 140 metres into the water and about 200 metres wide. And it's, that's some serious engineering to actually pull that off. That's like stuff you see overseas at airports. The runways extend out to the sea. Yeah, you know we have engineers here and they may even have some in Tassie, Dave. Where, that cost that they've quoted is very unders. We're talking maybe three or four times that. They could actually build it on the land, but they'd have to move the uh, war memorial out of the way. That's the reason why they have to go out into the sea. I think I think doing Bludson's a better option. But anyway, um, I, moving on to the Ds, I think they're shot, Sam. If you look at their run home, it's pretty rough. And without Gorn and the way they're playing, I could see them almost sliding out of the eight completely. Where do you think they're going to finish? Oh, I don't think they slide out of the eight completely and appreciate your call, Dave. You are right that um, things are made a little bit tougher for them at the moment. Max Gorn set to miss somewhere between three to five weeks. They've got the bye this week, but ankle, ankle syndesmosis was the ruling today, but he has avoided surgery. So um, I don't think they miss the eight completely, but when you look at their run home, which I'm just getting up here, so what, we're, what I'm doing now is uh, padding for time. Uh, so when you look at their run home, their next game is is a tough assignment. So next Thursday at the MCG against the Brisbane Lions, who have rediscovered some form, albeit with some inaccurate goal kicking. Um, but their win against St Kilda stacks up 21 points uh, over the weekend. So they've got Brisbane to come, and then they're in Adelaide, who beat them last year. 
They've got Geelong at GMHBA. They've got Port Adelaide, the Western Bulldogs, Frio, Collingwood who have just beaten them, Carlton and Brisbane. It is a really tough road home. I expect them, though, to, to be able to correct the attacking issues that they've got and the pressure issues. So at the moment, they're just not getting uh, scores from turnover. They're not getting scores from centre clearance. Um, their forward line, of their forward 50 efficiency last week was 33%, and they only kicked three goals in the second half. So um, they've got to make some changes by how they move the ball inside forward 50, but I would back Simon Goodwin to be able to do that. Adam Uze as well is a is highly regarded in that area, and I think they'll be able to turn it around, but... They do need to rediscover their best. And as you say, it is going to be tougher without Max Gorn. one uh, to have your say on that or any other the news of the day on the Macca's Runs. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Yeah, uh, the uncertainty of, um, of the outcome, I think still, you know, quite... Raw, so we will. Um, Baz will come in Friday and uh, and get going again. Um, but yeah, obviously we're we're waiting for uh, the AFL's um, ruling on that. So uh, the uncertainties. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't last too long. We we hear sooner rather than later. First time he'll be back in on Friday, and uh, and we'll we'll work from there. Uh, I haven't spoken to him. Um, just giving him his space and, and some peace, and. Um, but um, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you how it went because um, it's a obviously pretty sensitive, and the AFL have got to um, you know make a um, a concerted decision, and that's uh, the best for for everyone really uh, for the game as much as Bailey and um, and uh, and the future. Yeah, I'm not I'm not massive on the suspension. I, I, I never. You know, and that's probably evolved over time, Jared. I was very black and white when I first started uh, as a player. Um, you know, if you were five minutes late or you were, um, there was drug use or, or whatever it might have been, um, you know, drinking after a game on a six-day break. But as I've sort of, you know, as I've matured myself and you start to get a, a deeper understanding and um, understand that not everyone has... Um, well, everyone has different stresses in their lives and different triggers. I don't think we necessarily need to be as black and white as what we currently are with the way that we deal with, um, you know, certain issues within that within our game. I think we, we do have to be understanding and concerning of the people that are involved. So I think that element is something that, you know, perhaps there's room to... Luke Beveridge and Danger on Bailey Smith back after this. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, one The Harcourt's open line. You'll move your Harcourt's. The Macca's Run is for the Big Mac, the one and only Big Mac. You can grab it at Macca's today with special sauce, juicy beef. Grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, Brandon Walker, Fremantle's uh, Round 13 NAB Rising Star nominee, standing by to join us in just a moment. But uh, Thursday night footy continues, and how good is it that it does? Uh, tomorrow night, Carlton and Richmond. Um, Carlton confirming today that 15 days after being taken in the mid-season draft, uh, Sam Durden, 
who played 22 games for North Melbourne, who was delisted at the end of 2020 after just one VFL hit out. It's going to come straight into the senior team. Uh, Caleb Marchbank, unfortunately, his horror luck with injury continues ruled out for up to eight weeks with a meniscus tear after his first game back in over a 1,000 days. So um, their defensive stocks are fully depleted. Carlton, as we know, Jacob Wietering, the shoulder, Oscar McDonald, the back, Luke Parks is out with the foot, Mitch McGovern has got the hamstring. And speaking of hamstrings, Adam Chera has a low grader, uh, which means that he, after being subbed out after the, in the first quarter of last week's win, um, is going to miss about two games. Uh, from a Richmond point of view, looking highly unlikely, according to Damien Hardwick, that Dusty Martin will play. Severe case of the flu. Tom Lynch, Kane Lambert expected to come back into the 22. Massive clash on Thursday night. Can't wait for that. Uh, at 7 o'clock tonight, because it wasn't in its regular time slot last night because we're at the Hall of Fame, Future Stars, thanks to Bravo Management, uh, is back. And we're going to be speaking to pick six in the mid-season draft, uh, Max Ramsden, who went to Hawthorne. So from Future Stars to Rising Stars uh, on the Macca's run. Uh, the Round 13 NAB Rising star for this season is Frio's Brandon Walker. 16 disposals, 6 tackles. Get this from the 16 disposals, 94% disposal efficiency, 6 score involvements coming out of defence and kicked his first AFL goal in the win over the Hawks on the weekend. It's a pleasure uh, to have Brandon Walker on the Maccas run. Brandon, hello, mate. Hey, um... Hey, uh, congratulations on the, the NAB Rising Star nomination. Was it something that you were expecting? Was it something that you had circled as a goal? Had What was your response and how did you find out? Um, yeah, it wasn't really something I was like aiming for. Just kind of really thought about that, to be honest. Um, just, um, yeah, really focused my footy and, yeah, kind of got a call from jail in the morning and I, just he told me and I was pretty surprised and I was like, yeah, it's, it's awesome to get under the belt, so... Yeah, it's, um, yeah, cool. I'm real about it. So your footy journey and your your, your journey um, to not just uh, to play for the Fremantle Dockers, but but to Australia as well, is a, is a really interesting one. Tell us a little bit about uh, your childhood, Brandon. Uh, so yeah, I was born in Ghana and I was raised there. Um, been there for four years and then moved to Australia and then a bit back and forth um, through holidays, through like my junior years and through high school as well, went back a couple of times, but then, um, yeah, been settling down for the last couple of years just living here and, yeah, being able to let my footy progress and, yeah, now I'm here, I guess. So, yeah, it's been a real. Always in the always in the West? Or did your family, uh, was that always the intention to when, when you were coming over to, to settle in Perth for your family? Um, yeah, so Dad's from Australia in Perth and Mum's from Ghana, so... He went, there for, he went there for work and um, met her and then, yeah, they came back here and I guess settled down. So, um, yeah, I guess that's how it went. Now, you, uh, you were with uh, East Perth, if I'm not mistaken. Was that all through juniors or where did you play your junior footy? Um, yeah, so East Perth. Um, I started out at Cutting your Junior Football Club and then, yeah, it was under the East Perth, East Perth District. So, played my footy there from Colts through to... Um. Yeah, calls all the way through, and then state footy, and then debuted my league game for Pure Thunder, actually. So, East Frio, I did mean to say. Uh, so sorry about that. That's almost sacrilegious. You're all Australian in under 16s. 
and played again for WA in under-18s, but you had to wait a little longer than maybe you would have liked to hear your name read out on draft night a couple of years ago going at pick 50? Um, yeah. I mean, either way, I was pretty happy to get drafted. Just a bit more stressful than some other draftees would have had their journeys. But, yeah. um, yeah, it was a long day. But, um, yeah, happy for you got me in the end, which is it was unreal. You came through as part of the Next Generation Academy with Frio and were able to make your debut with a fellow Academy member last year. Um, talk us through what the Academies, the Next Generation, because they've been such a great addition to football clubs and the talent that's been um, uncovered through those Academies. Tell us about uh, the, the program itself and what it did for your footy. Um, yeah, it's done heaps, actually. Just being involved at like a young age and then going through the stages, being involved... Like, you got to yeah, be involved in an actual AFL club as a junior and see what they do in their life and all that. So, And then being involved in some training sessions as well when you're younger. So you get little glimpses here and then, um, special sessions that, you know, the usual um, junior football player wouldn't get. So, yeah, it's been a real addition and helps my footy in junior years as well, which is awesome. And, um, yeah, with Joel... Um, Played footy with them for like that eight years, dispersing each other or playing with each other, and then getting drafted together and, and debuting together as well. It's just yeah, it's pretty unreal. So yeah, it's good as you, you, your twin brother um, plays footy for East Frio. Uh, any chance that we see we see both Walker twins on the field for Frio at the same time? Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be unreal. I guess it's something cool to see. Uh, he's a bit injured right now, but um. Yeah, hopefully he gets back on the right track and, yeah, it'd be sweet to go. But, um, yeah, it'd be, so, like, it'd be awesome to play with him, I guess, in the AFL, with or against him, to be honest. So, yeah, hope he gets there. <laughs> oh, there's, oh, hang on. There seems to be maybe a bit of a something in the uh, maybe playing against him. Would, would you find that just as fun as the the playing with? Um, yeah, well, he's a forward and I'm a defender. So, even in, like, training drills and match teams would basically usually. So, yeah, it wouldn't yeah, it would be like the old days, I guess. Who, who used to win in the backyard? Or who still wins? Yeah, I'd have him cover, I reckon. But, um, yeah. Frio looks like a really happy and, 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 and up place to be at the moment, Brandon. Um, you're sitting 10 and 3 inside the top four, third on the ladder, um, going beautifully. Talk to us about what it's like to be uh, a Fremantle docker at the moment. Um, yeah, it's awesome, actually. Uh, all the boys from a lot of hard yards during the preseason, and then even like now on the break, we're not really slacking off. Just had a session to all the boys, um, yeah, putting the hard yards in, doing the reps, and then just ready to charge in the second half of the year. Just yeah, getting better together, I guess, and yeah, just keen to see where we can go. What, what obviously a lot of that comes from the the, the culture that, that Justin Longmuir puts in place. What a Take us inside a little bit. What are the, the, the key drivers or the pillars uh, that make up your club at the moment? What are the beliefs that, that you guys hold most dear uh, in terms of the way you go about your footy, but also the way you go about it uh, as, a, as a club and as a team? Yeah, so we have like um, our focus is as a group, obviously, and then um, we have our, our, like, our anchor, I guess, that puts us all together and we have a little... Um, guess key factors about it that we all follow rules like that. Not really rules, but like just things that we can all like, you know, bring together and relate to. And it keeps us connected and like 
get all the values and stuff as well, well respected and um, kind of guides us to where we are now, which is really good. So, yeah, and just gives us character as well, which is awesome. I think um, Justin Longmuir has got a lot of respect in the footballing uh, community and then fans and, and opposition fans are starting to realise just how, how good a coach he is. The other, not that long ago that he was saying uh, that you guys might have got ahead of yourselves after a couple of losses and some low scoring losses in the wet. How does, how does that get communicated to, to you guys by the coach? And what were, his, what were the words that helped you guys turn it around to recenter yourself and reapply yourself? Because you've been an incredible nick since then. Um, yeah, just it was really calm and collected about the, um, the feedback he gave us just to kind of just zone back into like our focuses and our values and um, yeah, really not to get ahead of ourselves that yeah, we, were, we were playing good footy and our best is like, yeah, one of the best in the uh, comp. So just to, you know, come back down to our level and keep a uh, steady line of not getting too over, over excited and then yeah, even the losses, not taking it too deeply, just, yeah, coming recentering ourselves and just going from there for every game, I guess, and, yeah, doing what we do best. How does it feel to be a part of um, one of the best defences in, in the competition, Brandon? Um, I'd imagine, and I I think it's a common theme all through footy, doesn't matter what standard that you're playing, but the, the defence is a group within a group uh, often. Um, so for you guys, how big of a sense of pride is it for you that uh, you guys are the number two ranked for, for points against defence in the competition? Um, yeah, I guess it's a team thing as well, but, um, as a backline, we're very, just, just very connected and support each other heaps. Like we love seeing each other succeed and just seeing that training, just driving the standards, I guess. And yeah, it's just unreal being part of that little back group. So yeah, we're doing well. Everyone was fascinated to see how Nat Fife came back in. Now you're in the early stages of your career. You're just in your, your second season. Nat Fife, who's a two-time Brownlow medalist, puts his hand up to say after missing about 12 months of footy, I'm going to come back through the twos. What does that say to you as a young player at the team when a guy who is probably, with Matthew Pavlich, one of the two best players to ever play for Fremantle and and a two-time Brownlow medalist, he says that I'll I'll come back through the reserves. What message does that send to to you in your stage of your career? Um, Yeah, I I think it's kind of like a... It's pretty inspiring that, you, like, as long as you just, you know, stay level-headed and really listen to your body and with the path you're on, that you just don't let ego get to you. And, like, he's obviously taken the right path, like, gone through the waffle and then to AFL because, you know, he's, like, his body needed that. So, yeah, some players might just go with the ego and just think they can go straight back into the AFL and then career injure themselves. So to see him just understand, listen to his body and then, yeah, direct his own path really into back into AFL, which is... Yeah, he played well, which is good to see as well. So, yeah, it's kind of just inspiring the way he goes about things. And he's a beast, so it's awesome. <laughs> he is a beast. Hey, Brandon, really appreciate you making the time to have a chat to us. Congratulations on being the Round 13 NAB Rising star. Congratulations on the season that you put to get putting together, um, not only just yourself personally, but as a team and, and as a club. It's a really exciting time to be a docker. And I'd imagine um, it, it made even more so exciting by the fact that West Coast are sitting where they are on the ladder in that very fierce rivalry in a two-team town. But I won't get you to comment on that because I don't want you to get in any trouble, mate. Uh, thanks for joining us. Too easy. Cheers for having me. Brandon Walker, Round 13 NAB Rising Star nominee. Teams are in.
uh, for Thursday night. Tomorrow night's clash uh, between the Tigers and the Blues at the MCG. So as expected, uh, Tom Lynch comes back in. Dustin Martin out with illness. Ivan Soldo has been omitted as well. Kane Lambert was a Medi sub last week. He comes in to the starting uh, 22. Uh, and will line up at half forward. For Carlton, Sam Durden to make his debut 15 days after he was taken in the mid-season draft. Adam Chera out with that hamstring. He was subbed out uh, early in the game last week. Uh, and Caleb Marchbank, sadly, out injured again. Will miss eight weeks. Um, that's just devastating. It was his first game uh, in a 1,000 days, roughly. Um, so we wish him all the best in his recovery. It's a, it's a tough knock for him to have to suffer after suffering so many. Uh, on the other side of this, our weekly catch-up with sports media expert Sam Duncan from Holmes Glen TAFE. Uh, and, of course, your calls and texts, 0433981116 on the temper text, temper a mattress like no other, or 1300-736-736 on the Harcourt's open line. This is the Macca's Run. Grab the only one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, Sam Edmund uh, in his uh, regular slot with Gary and Tim this morning and throughout the day on SEN, our chief uh, news reporter, spoke about uh, Gil McLaughlin's determination to secure the Tassie licence. So he revealed today that uh, Gil had spoken to the presidents yesterday uh, and will speak to this and has spoken to the CEOs today that the league uh, and all the hierarchy at the AFL are keen for Tassie to get that license but there are at this stage it looks like four club presidents uh, according to Sam being Jeff Kennett, uh, Jeff Brown, uh, Jeff Kennett Hawthorne, Jeff Brown Collingwood, uh, Andrew Pridham from Sydney and Tony Cochran from the Gold Coast that uh, had some reservations about Tassie being given uh, the 19th licence. So he spoke about um, the uh, that the deal, if it's good enough, um, would be what decides this and that he believes it would be coming to a head sooner rather than later. So I thought we'd have a chat about this to uh, our resident or the man we speak to once a week, our sports media expert for Holmes Glen, media intake, apply now at Holmes Glen. Sam Duncan, be good enough to jump on. Sam, hello, mate. G'day, Sam. Good to be with you. The media aspect to a Tassie bid uh, that differentiates it from Gold Coast and the Giants. Um, Talk us through what's the difference in this situation from a a media and TV aspect to Tassie. Yeah, it is significant, the difference, and it's always worked against Tasmania. Um, The AFL's philosophy with their expansion is that to add value to their product, to add value to the media rights, if you like, they need more people from different markets watching. Their philosophy is that you can't keep going back to the same television networks and asking for more unless you've legitimately added value to your product. And one of the ways you can add value to the game is to increase your viewership. To do that, They wanted to go to new markets. So their philosophy was build it and they will come or build it and they will watch. And they might not be watching in their millions and millions at the moment, but that's their strategy to ensure that their value and their media rights continue to increase. That if we go into the west of Sydney, where there's one, two, three million people, if you stretch right down to Canberra, if you go to the Gold Coast, where at any one point in time, there's something like 1.8 million people on the coast, then you are adding to your viewership and therefore you're adding to the value of the game. Now, the issue Tasmania has had from this perspective is that they're already watching. 
most Tasmanians barrack for an AFL team already. And on Thursday night, tomorrow, on Friday night, they'll already be watching. So by putting a team down there, you're not actually increasing your TV audience. There's other benefits But from a pure TV ratings perspective and a value from a media rights perspective, the value add is not as obvious. Of course, if you put them down there, you are potentially adding a game which could add value, but only if you add a 20th team to play that extra game each week. Sam, I could mount the argument, though, and I'm sure the AFL will with the broadcaster, that they can show the steadily declining um, junior participation and intake of juniors, especially the impact that basketball's had on that. More basketball's being bounced at schools now than footy's kicked. And they would have the numbers on the ratings, too, about is the product uh, on the decline from a viewership in Tassie as well. From what we're being told by the people down there, basketball on the rise, footy on the decline. So whilst... And that added that that view that well we've got them anyway. That's actually been to the detriment of the code in Tasmania over the last several years. So the team might actually give it a shot in the arm and bring more people back. And we're being told by people in Tassie, yes, they already have a team, but they will sign up to be members of that new team and encourage their kids that are coming through to barrack for the Tasmanian team. Hundred percent, and that's so. That's the other argument. That's a great argument. Because ignore the grassroots at your own peril. You know, treat your rusted-on fans with scant regard and they will turn their back on you because never before have we lived in in an environment where there's been more choice. And Tasmanians have more choice. They have elite teams in the NBL, for example, down there captivating young players and fans and, and capturing their hearts and their minds. So, you know, you can talk in dollars and cents all you want um, in terms of media rights because that's your immediate injection um, every five or six years. But the long game is that if you want to keep that state as a footy state, if you want to keep them watching, playing um, and interested in your product, then you have to invest in them properly. And again, we always go back to this. Apparently, the AFL is the people's game and they sell that mantra when it suits them. Well, if it's the people's game, one of the um, peoples that should have a team based on their commitment to their sport um, and the long-time participation in the sport is the Tasmanian team. So, you know, the, the debate's being thrashed about. Look, the Gold Coast and, and the GWS cost the AFL tens of millions of dollars a year. We know each year they get about $20 million. They justify their existence by saying, ah, yes, but our very existence earns the code a lot more than that when it comes to media rights and interest um, in our areas. But, you know, the, the, the um, Tasmanians have had enough. They're putting their foot down and they're saying, hey, we're going to turn our back on the game that a lot of us grew up with unless you give us what we believe is rightfully ours. And uh, in the minute we've got left, so the stadium element, which we have Dave in Richmond calls up a lot to discuss. Why is the stadium element from a media perspective so important? Well, it comes back to the product. Now, let's be frank, a lot of people do enjoy the product in Tasmania, but a lot of people will tell you that the current stadiums 
you know, the wind picks up. It can be wet down there in Tasmania. It can, you know, lead to a game style that we, you know, probably don't in today's day and age thinks elevates the product. If you build a new stadium, if you put a roof on that, if you make the conditions nigh on perfect, then you're going to elevate the product. Um, and, you know, even from a marketing perspective, to get people to come, to get them out of their homes, you've got to give them, um, you know, elite standard stadiums these days. So the stadium does matter uh, for the AFL. They would be concerned about the look of the game, the product. If you're going to play night games down there, for example, the more perfect you can make the conditions, even though it's an imperfect game, the better the product's going to be and the more comfortable the AFL is going to feel. Sam, always a pleasure, mate. We'll chat to you next week. Good on you, Sam. See you next week. Study sports, business, health and building and construction. Apply now. Learn more. Do more at Homes Glen. I like this text. After all Tassie has done for Hawthorne, very disappointed that Jeff Kennett is not supportive. Well, I think you've probably answered your very own question there. Um, pardon the pun, but that is nest feathering, I would think, is the motivation uh, behind that. But the Tassie government have said, even if we don't get this team, you're not getting your money. Uh, but I appreciate all the texts that have come through. Give Tassie a team now. That's come through from JD in Sydney as well. Hey, coming up on the other side of this, future stars for Bravo Management. Uh, and then after that, our dedicated Lawn Bowl show without bias. That's all still to come with the Sporting Capital. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.